1: CIO CS. Soup 5. ITES SW2. 2GIT. These contracts are just a few of the many federal contracts Connection Public Sector Solutions supports. Connection's IT hardware, software, and services for federal agencies are budget-friendly and delivered with exceptional customer service, easing procurement challenges and day-to-day frustrations. Connection Public Sector Solutions, guiding the connection between people and technology. Learn more at Connection.com slash FedContracts.
2: It is August 31st and it is 8:03 p.m. This is Writing Walks, and I'm your guide, Alexi Talander. And we're doing a very special episode today because we have a very special guest on, Sarah Way Warner of Girl in Space and the Right Now podcast. How are you doing, Sarah?
1: Hello, um, I'm. I, I think I'm doing all right. How are you? Thank you for having me. you
2: <laughs> I was going to say this is actually a, a you're, you're kind of special in that I've only ever had one other guest on before, which was my son oh. when I was talking about writing. And so, yes, it's an honor to have you on as our second guest.
1: Well, it's an honor to be here. Thank you.
2: <laughs> and I just wanted to point out, I'm not uh, intentionally copying what you've done with Right Now Podcast and having a ton of guests on. But then I was also thinking, isn't imitation the greatest form of flattery right <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's funny you say that i don't i had gotten away from having guests and i only did them recently because i'm mm-hmm. going through this huge imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. i feel like i don't have enough inside of me to talk about and so that's why i've been having guests and so oh i hope you're not in the same place i am no i
2: just love talking to you and so Good. Anyways, okay. i, good,
1: good. <laughs> I was also gonna say
2: um so this episode is also as close i think as to um Alive as writing walks will ever get because once we're done here, I'm going to edit the episode because <gasps> it's the last day of the month. It needs to go up tonight at midnight. <laughs> no pressure.
1: <laughs> no pressure. Oh, this is exciting. Oh, yeah.
2: oh, I'm so nervous. Um, so yeah, the whole reason I wanted to actually do this episode with you is from a book recommendation you gave me, which is The Ghost Tree by Christina Henry, which came out in 2020. I'd asked for some uh, horror recommendations from you, and this is one of the ones you suggested. And I read it about a month ago or so and really kind of got hooked into it, really enjoyed it, but also had some interesting um, thoughts about it that I wanted to talk with you. When was last Do you remember reading it. Is it? How familiar is it to you?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, it was, I think I read it probably about three or four months ago. And mm-hmm. so I, I like, I have it open over here. I do all of my, I've been doing all of my reading lately on my, my phone, which I know some people will be like, oh no, but it's, it's so handy and it lights up at night and it's just, (laughs) it's been, I can like carry a thousand books around with me Mm -hmm. wherever I go. Um, So yes. So I have it here open in front of me. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to remember all the things. (laughs) Well, I'm going
2: to start off with uh, (laughs) just reading a little summary I was able to find, I wanted to find like a detailed summary because in this episode, we're going to be talking in detail about everything. So if anyone doesn't want spoilers, but they want to read this book beforehand, stop now and go read it <laughs> and then come back yes. um but i'll just start up with the summary i was able to find on i think it was a good reason just a general summary uh, so again that's the ghost tree by christina henry when the bodies of two girls are found torn apart in the town of smith hollow lauren is surprised but she also expects that the police won't find the killer after all the year before her father's body was found with his heart missing and since then everyone has moved on even her best friend, Miranda, has become more interested in boys than in spending time at the old ghost tree, the way they used to when they were kids. So when Lauren has a vision of a monster dragging the remains of the girls through the woods, she knows she can't do, she can't just do nothing. Not like the rest of her town. But as she draws closer to answers, she realizes that the foundation of her seemingly normal town might be rotten at the center. And that if nobody else stands for the missing, she will. So what were your overall thoughts about the book?
1: Overall thoughts about the book? Okay, first, I just checked my Goodreads. I'm very, mm-hmm. uh, very up-to-date on Goodreads. And apparently I read this in February of 2020. <laughs> so it's been longer than I thought, but I do still remember it. I remember this being really Did you get an advanced reader
2: copy or something?
1: I didn't.
2: Oh, because I, I thought didn't. it came out fall but maybe was just a paperback or something
1: (laughs) well i just got the i just uh bought the ebook so i don't know (laughs) when they released that i don't (laughs) Mm -hmm. know
2: and again last year was those out Who of knows whack
1: how maybe yes yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe i got it like illegally or like i time traveled or something
2: <laughs> which uh, adds even more to the story
1: it does uh you know you probably shouldn't listen to or read the mysterious horror book that shows up on un, uh uninvited on your phone <laughs> but it was really good though. it right? was really good <laughs> it was atmospheric it had uh female leads which i always appreciate mm-hmm. um it had intergenerational communication which i always appreciate there's a grandmother there's daughters Um, and I just um, I really liked that it let us get close to the characters there was still a little bit of um there was a sense of danger uh mm-hmm. which i also appreciated you didn't know who was going to die and who was mm-hmm. going to live who's going to survive yeah, yeah
2: you nobody... there's a lot of kind of point of view switching mm-hmm. which I, I actually saw on guru Some people complaining about that but i liked because you got to see a lot more different characters there's a nice diverse cast too of different backgrounds and ethnicities you know, and stuff and and yeah, then yeah I you like don't know who's going to survive and and who will, you know,
1: who's going to make it yeah. through. Oh, yeah. And these days when I'm reading, I'm looking for a diverse cast. I'm looking mm-hmm. for well-written voices. Um, so I don't know. So I felt like this, in addition to being just generally, you know, pretty well-written and a, and a really engaging story and likable characters. Um, yeah, it just sucked me in. And uh, and I enjoyed it. How about you? What were your uh, impressions and thoughts?
2: Um, I think it really kind of reminded me of the type of story I really enjoy reading and tend to write about sometimes too of, you know, a strange old town where something's not right. Something's messed up. It reminded me a lot of it, Stephen King's it. Um, I'm trying to remember Dan Simmons. I can't remember which one it is now. He has one like that too, of just like where things are messed up and, and in a town and especially where in this particular one too, it's the kids are the only ones that actually know what's going on. And here it's just a few characters that actually know what's going on whereas the rest of the town is totally like oblivious. And then, you know, because there's a bigger reason behind that and story yeah. of what, you know, the history of the town and all that too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was wondering too, because I was checking um, to see what genre it was rated at. Because it felt like obviously classic horror, but I was always wondering if it's like, would be considered mm-hmm. YA, young adult or not, because it was teenage characters for the main part as your main characters. But it was also really, you know, just as dark as, It was or anything like that. It's it's just classic (laughs) horror to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. Well, and you know, there's, I don't know if this is a new genre really, but new adult, Uh, I've seen a Mm -hmm. lot of books cropping up a new adult, which kind of, I don't really know if this, if this is that genre or, Mm -hmm. or anything like that, because that tends to focus on people in their early twenties. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. it, It was a little too adult to be YA, but it also, I don't know. I enjoyed it as an adult. I enjoyed it. I didn't feel talked down to um or or mm-hmm. patronized or right, anything right. like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: Um, did you get were you aware of any like weaknesses you felt with the book?
1: I I have this, I have a problem where <laughs> I always I always want to see something. Oh, my my camera hey, is here. Hello. <laughs> Midori we will should... always make
2: an entrance if Sarah or yep. if
1: is Sarah's there. talking, Midori <laughs> will be here. Um, I, I always want something from horror that will blow my mind. Like the mm-hmm. the reason I read horror is the same one of the same reasons I read sci-fi, which is to like see something new um and to feel mm-hmm. something new. And and I uh, I've I've gotten into cosmic horror recently, and that does a, a really good job of like just completely blowing your mind and so is showing like you, horror in
2: space or it's a,
1: uh, it's, it's more it like the Cthulhu sort of mm. realms upon realms, mm-hmm. um uh interdimensional kind of stuff. Um so if you read um Victor Laval's oh, yeah. um The Ballad of Black Tom. Mm-hmm uh that's changeling uh, (laughs) oh yes yes
2: actually now you would talk about it yeah changeling actually definitely had some similarities with this too yeah yeah with a kind of like a mythological fairy
1: angle to it which we'll get into a little bit but yeah yeah I just I keep I'm always reminded of um a quote from um a book by George Eliot where the main character is thinking and it's it's the the book is the mill on the floss and the character Mm -hmm. is reminiscing about I love singing, but the voices are never rich and deep enough for me. And I love reading, but the stories are never rich and deep enough for Mm -hmm. me. And uh, when a story does hit that aspect where it is just completely mind blowing, just, I lose my mind over it. And this one (laughs) got close. This one got Mm -hmm. close. It was pretty. uh, Yeah. yeah, I was along for the ride. I was engaged. I, I didn't see at least, you know, my memory of reading it whenever I read it. Um, I didn't, like, have any red flags necessarily with mm-hmm. it. um And it was enjoyable, but it wasn't yeah. like new.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, again, because of some of the other stories we mentioned, things like that. um I felt a little icked out, I think, with her kind of love interest, potential mm. boyfriend being 18 and she was 15. And I don't know if that was just like something I was missing or like, it's just like, you know, okay, yeah, you're teenagers, but that's a huge gap.
1: <laughs> was that, um, was that Jack?
2: Uh, maybe.
1: Maybe. But yeah, I remember she saw this like hunky guy walking out of that mm-hmm. shed. And that was like the well, first time. this was the guy seeing... who
2: knew her when she was younger too. Yes. Um, and oh. taught her. What did he, he taught her to do something and stuff like that when they were like, yeah. when she was like 11 and he was, I guess, 13, 14 or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a little. That's a little, a little gross. A little bit of an icky
2: Yeah. Well, and and especially when was, one is
1: eighteen and mm-hmm, one is not eighteen. Just like it, there's, it is a big.
2: I mean, yeah. and I guess the balance was with her good friend Miranda. That's the only guy she's interested in. She wants the older guys. She wants to, you know, be older than she is and do all yeah. the things that older people are doing. And and
1: yeah. like having been a fifteen-year-old girl at one point myself, like when mm-hmm. you're fifteen. Mm-hmm you don't think that 18 is really that much different. Like mm-hmm. you, because you think that you're old, you think that you've seen it all. You know, when you're, when you're a 15 year old girl, you're like, oh, it's not really like three years, not that big a deal. And like, now is like almost 40. I'm like, oh, but it is a big deal. You know, <laughs> finger waving and, <laughs> and stuff. I can
2: definitely remember being um, envious when I was 15 of, you know, the older boys and kids and like, well, they get to do other stuff and cooler stuff and yeah, yeah usually have, girlfriends or boyfriends and all this stuff too (laughs) oh
1: yeah yeah so Um, i wonder if there's like an aspirational thing with this mm -hmm. 15 year old that she gets to so yeah i mean
2: and it kind of kind of worked again within the story but it was a little icky for me just because he was that much older even though he was ended up being a nice guy and everything that yeah yes um and that was interesting too that it was set in i think it was 1985 yes
1: the 80s yes um it 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 just pulled to mind Stranger Things and mm-hmm. it, and um, I, there's definitely a vibe uh, with things set in the 80s. But tell me, tell me more about uh, your thoughts on that. Side. Well, and
2: it was bit fun because she dropped a ton of like music references and all this stuff, which I enjoyed because I was, yeah. was was I six at the time, but still remember a lot of the, the 80s music and all that stuff too. Um, though from the pictures of the author I've seen, she seems more like early 30s, maybe late 20s. So that, I don't know. So I would think. I'm writing a a similar sort of novel where there's a weird town or weird stuff going on involving teenagers. And I'm setting it in the late 90s because that's when I was a teenager. So I know all the stuff really well. And again, I have various references. So I'm wondering if that's kind of what she was doing here. But again, she seems a little older. I mean, younger than she would fit into that period or she just really likes it.
1: Well, and and at that point, you know, oh, is it nostalgia or is it historical fiction? You know, Mm -hmm. like what point do you cross that line? (laughs)
2: Um, did it remind you of any other books you've read? Well, I guess you kind of mentioned Victor LaValle a little bit, but. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the tone of it, um, I wanted it to be more like the Ballad of Black Tom. I wanted mm-hmm. it to be more all encompassing. Um, it, but it had so many good elements. Um, the, the teenagers and their relationships, of course, you know, I'm a big fan of Buffy. And so, like, I always think of that mm-hmm. a little bit, Buffy the oh, Vampire yeah, Slayer. Like, yep. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, and sort of going through, you know, teenage life and feeling like the grownups don't understand you and you are not understood. Um, and so there was a strong element of that. There was, I guess that would make her grandma Giles then, right? (gasps) I love that. I loved her grandma. (laughs) Yeah. I loved her. I always love, this is, this is something I don't see enough of. Sorry, this is a complete tangent and Mm -hmm. we can talk about this later, but her relationship with her grandma, intergenerational relationships, Mm -hmm. those are so rich and they're so, rare they're so i feel like they're so rare yeah um but anyway yeah and i was uh, funny
2: because the grandma just wanted to talk with her and the mom was unhappy about it because she wasn't involved
1: <laughs> i know i know and that's um, just such a yeah very good author
2: it's kind of reminding me of too as did you ever read christopher pike
1: yes i did yeah, oh gosh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i forgot about christopher again, pike but
2: again because i would consider this much more of an adult novel over there there's more you know sex and stuff happening and things like that too it's definitely pushing it farther you know because I basically yeah. bridged the gap from Christopher Pike I went to Stephen King and that's definitely where this is more leading to that side
1: Yeah, and um, you know, with the whole like oh spooky woods, haunted woods kind mm-hmm. of thing, um, I was also reminded of um, oh shoot, and it just left my brain. <laughs> um, it'll come back to me. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, sorry. There's
2: but the I uh, mean, and then Dan, we can talk a little bit about the big reveal story. But it's almost like a there's a fairy tale event way in the past. Oh. where what you remember i just
1: remember do you remember <laughs> did you ever watch the the sleepy hollow tv show if that's what yeah. it was called it reminded me of yes, that we did bit.
2: when we loved it and then they started messing with the cast and getting rid of mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. people of mm-hmm. color and mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. whiting mm-hmm. it and we're like mm-hmm. done <laughs> No
1: thanks that's also when i <laughs> left so yep <laughs> it yep. was
2: really good yeah
1: <laughs> but it had that oh, vibe wow. to it too mm-hmm.
2: yeah 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 and a little bit i guess of um once upon a time,
1: oh, yes. Which I also,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the big kind of story behind it, as I'm kind of remembering it now, is like there's an old kind of love story where these two people fall in love, and then the father doesn't want her to be with her his son, and so has her killed. And then it's, but then she's
1: like, in terms, of, is she a witch or she's related to a witch family? She came from a family of witches and there were always, is this the thing where there were always three of them yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that? And they and killed one. I really one. thought it was going to do
2: the the fates there, but I'm glad it didn't, honestly. I was <laughs> expecting that too. Yeah. I was like, oh, here we go. going to cut some strings and stuff? Mm-hmm. No. Oh,
1: good. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was yeah. refreshing that it didn't kind of overstep its bounds mm-hmm. into stories that it wasn't really a part of. Yeah. Yeah. It was like hinting at the fables. Like, and then,
2: and, and then they put this basically huge curse on the town where um, there's like this creature that comes, is it like every generation? I'm trying to write. was a little vague, but there's something bad that comes around.
1: Woke it up. I want to say something woke it up, but I might be misremembering.
2: But it was also tied into the um, the success of the town financially with they have a, a it was a chili factory, I think, that employs a lot of people and just like is very successful and all this stuff. And that to to keep the success of the town going and keep it healthy they have to sacrifice a girl. Mm-hmm. I think it's once a year. I can't, it couldn't have been every month. That seems like too much. <laughs> I
1: feel like that's too much. I think yeah. people would
2: notice so yeah, every
1: yeah. year, every three years or something. And or... it was
2: like a, there was like a lottery that was picked kind of like Shirley Jackson's lottery. Shirley Jackson. of yeah. Just, yeah. Of picking one. And then that's the one you're supposed to, to have. Um, and then the, the, at the crux of the story is the main character is picked when she was 14 i can't what it was yeah yes um and her dad was totally against it the town all know kind of knows about it but then after it happens they have this like amnesia and forget that it ever really happened even if they've lost their own child which is really which is
1: that and that's the creepy thing like that's Mm -hmm. to to pass away and not be remembered is i don't know i feel like truly terrifying Mm -hmm. um
2: and then so the basically the father doesn't want to sacrifice her so he goes instead and that's who the monster kills and rips out his heart and by doing that it's like broken i really liked this idea that it's this ritual and it broke the ritual the rules of the ritual so now the monster's like hey i can do whatever i want so i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. kill and instead of it being at the ghost tree as it's supposed to be these two dead girls end up in some um horrible conservative woman's backyard and yeah oh that lady <laughs> <like> really, yeah
1: <laughs> what was her name
2: mm.
1: do we know do we do we yeah. care did we retain no, no, that no. We it's her name is not important
2: all she was She's she was horribly horrible racist, and racist and lived yeah, yeah next, across the street from um a latino family and was horrible to them even though they were awesome people and
1: oh i forgot about her i just like
2: <laughs> totally blocked her out of my mm-hmm. mind because i hated her so much <laughs>
1: But he it's was like really the whole town hates
2: her too and is all in mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. <laughs> but then also, as that was part of the story, she also lost her daughter when she was younger too, like 50, 80 years ago. And it's totally blocked that out. And and it's I thought she handled it really well when little bits of these things would come out in the open and for a second they would realize it. And then, oh no, it wasn't that way. And then it would go away again. I thought it was handled really well the back and forth of that.
1: That's a really good point. That is very difficult to pull off with writing and Christine Henry pulled it off really yeah. well. Like that is, yeah, that was very well done. Um, have you, have you read any of her other books? I have Alice that's been downloaded on my phone since it came out the, and I just got it cause I liked the cover <laughs> and I have never read it. And I didn't actually realize after I finished reading the ghost tree and mm-hmm. I was going on to Goodreads to like, you know, say that I'd finished it. I was like, Oh, that's the same.
2: <laughs> and so I'm going to have to. I was to thinking, look, looking at her other books, this is feels very different from those ones, though, doesn't it? Like it's a whole new, like really new genre area and things she's stepping into, and she handled it incredibly well.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Because I feel like a lot of her other stuff is retellings of fairy tales or retellings mm-hmm. of like very well known fantasy. So she's a little bit of
2: that, but then this was her making her own kind of yes. footprint it in a way. Yeah, yeah cool. Yes. Very cool. And, it,
1: and it did, it did, it did feel original. I felt like I was reading, um, you know, not something like mind-blowingly new, but it felt fresh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: So the one kind of thing that I really wanted to kind of talk with you about why this whole thing started is, so you kind of have this set up at the beginning of the book with the murders and stuff and and getting a feel for the characters. And then at the start of the second part, she goes over to visit her grandma and then the grandma just tells her the whole story of what the ritual is and all this stuff and just like overloads her for whatever it is, 20 pages. And I felt like a little bit of a cop out to be. I felt like for yeah. just how she just like dropped it all there. What was your feeling?
1: Uh, yes, no, I, I felt the same. And and at the time when I was reading it, I was like, oh, okay. And and as a writer, my brain recognizes, oh, it's info dump time.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: part of me is okay with that. Part of me, you know, I liked the grandmother's voice. But there's info
2: dump, and then there's like, you know, this was like successive like garbage trucks <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was it a was lot a of lot. information
1: and and i'm, like I'm trying to think well and i'm trying to think too um i recently read have you read the fisherman by john langan no but i know of it yeah okay the way that that is structured <laughs> it's it's similar to this it tells you a very complicated huge history right mm-hmm. smack in the middle of the book but it does it in a way that transports you to that time and mm-hmm. you get to be in the story at that time um. So, but I don't know how you would have done it Like in this book well,
2: And that's kind of what, I, my, what my comment was Because I was thinking again of it Where between each part mm. of the book You had these, what he literally called interludes Where you went back in time to different periods And saw the ritual beginning Or, the, you know, and all these different things going on And I felt like she could have done a similar thing here To some extent of either back and forths Or something, or have them researching it and finding little bits in that way you know a little more a little less just like here it is all in the start of the second part Mm -hmm. now you got it Mm -hmm. all let's keep moving um and instead of like but i mean i want to also because it felt like i didn't actually see how many pages it is but it felt like kind of a short book too
1: Mm -hmm. relatively
2: for all the story that was in there and maybe she didn't want to write you know, an extra two hundred pages of story for almost. yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and I'm wondering too if it's if it's if it's a matter of structure or art, and mm. and I can't decide like which of the two I would like to see it emerge as. Well, probably both, I guess. Ideally,
2: um, I mean, it could also be too. I'm just thinking. It was the the bombshell at the start of the second act of showing, hey, the grandma knows everything. And, you know, Lauren's right in smack in the middle of it. And the whole part of the story, even though she doesn't want to be and doesn't realize it. And so maybe it was a, you know,
1: yeah, surprise
2: moment kind of early on to kind of give you. Something?
1: Yeah. But then, you know, since the author so deftly switches between points of view throughout the story, mm-hmm. I'd almost just like to see a flashback of the grandmother or I don't know.
2: Yeah, I it almost feels yeah. like it could have been, like, there's a part of the book where she did write that, and we're like, well, this is too long, you can't have this, we need this limit, and then she's like, okay, I'll do it this way instead, or whatever, which I would have maybe understood if it had been like, well, this is branded as YA, so you need to be shorter, you know, or, but it's not, so. <laughs>
1: right,
2: right. And as, I mean, I don't know how long The Fisherman is, but it, oh, it's, it's over a thousand pages, so it Fisherman's long too, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's big. <laughs>
2: Like it's a big fish, would you say? Then, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big, big fish,
1: fish tale—is that what it's called? Fish story,
2: <laughs> a whopper. Uh-huh. Um, so that pretty much covers everything I wanted to kind of talk about with this. Um, did you have any last thoughts or comments? I mean, again, this was a kind of overall a minor thing. This is more of a writer nitpicky thing, I think, for me. But I think overall, any reader would just enjoy it and and keep going all along and and the yeah. ending kind of and the ending worked too i think it all kept going pretty well and
1: yeah you know, yeah one it does
2: make it out alive and
1: <laughs> yes yes it, it wraps it up well um there was also there's the, a the oh. part
2: where because the um the creature is now broken these rules it's able to also shape shift that was the other big thing too so it's able to be this boy that she's interested in as well as the other boy and there was that great little dynamic where you didn't know who he was, who he was actually looking like. And I kept yes. thinking it was the boyfriend that she was interested in and that Miranda was, like, also interested in or something. And then it turned out to be, oh, it's this other guy that she also was, you know. It was nice yeah. to that way, too. It was a good little mystery within.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah. I'd completely it was the, about um, that. Because it was
2: the other, the, the cop that she likes too. you know.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do appreciate that. And, I don't know, shape-shifting, I always look at it's like it's like a tool that kind of makes me take a step it's almost back a MacGuffin,
2: kind of, isn't it <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah
1: yes it makes me take a step back and say yeah. like okay why are you using this and and how are you using it and are you doing this just to like manipulate the way we feel is this an easy way out mm-hmm. so i always get a little yeah 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 a little it's a, a little it's a slippery icky. slope definitely mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well and just because you can do so many like kind of maybe even unintentionally terrible things with like you know personhood and identity theft mm-hmm. and, and just you know all sorts but I of think it, it worked in
2: this story for the i think the rules she set for the story mm-hmm. and again it was kind of fun having it be this mystery of your thinking it might be this person and for me it was it turned out to be a different person that was like oh yeah of course it was him it was like a little mystery within the yeah story.
1: yeah a little mystery always keeps me a little bit extra engaged and mm-hmm. like you know i read a lot of like paranormal romance and fantasy and like they always have like just a nice little murder mystery in there just <laughs> to Just for the characters to have something to do while they fall in love, so... Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
3: What's my pet peeve? Messy cat litter. Those furry little pads turn into cat litter super spreaders, leaving the already-been-used litter scattered across the floor for your bare feet to discover. The solution? World's Best Cat Litter's new load-tracking and dust control. It's quick clumping, made from corn so it doesn't stick to paws like clay... And specially formulated to stay where it belongs in the box. Switch to world's best cat litter for a happier, less littered home. And it, yeah, as I
2: said, it did end well for a horror novel, which can't always be said. And it wasn't, and it wasn't too much either. Sometimes it's just like so, like guns blazing everything coming down and all that stuff And this
1: yeah it is balanced yeah. well and yeah. endings are hard and endings and horror i think are even harder because you're there trying is. to do so many different things with one short piece of the book yep so yeah
2: all righty well i think that wraps up our little chat for the ghost tree so now we're going to move on to our little other discussion i wanted to talk about which is um Some call it discovery writing. Some call it being in the zone when you're writing or whatever you're saying, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I feel like you really have to just be writing a lot and be, you know, lost deep in in a project to actually get into that zone and know what it feels like. What do you call it, Sarah?
1: <laughs> Ooh, I, I call it flow. Um, mm-hmm. I've also called it the zone. I call it in the yeah. writing zone. Um, but for me, it's this beautiful space of timelessness. Mm-hmm. For me, oh, totally, time yeah. is always yeah, yeah. such a limiting factor. And I'm always- it's Hawaii. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> it's such a gift. Yes. Yeah. You go in and every moment is simultaneously speeding by, but also its own eternity. Mm-hmm. And I live for that. It is I like live out of for time. That. Yeah, yeah. Yes it's and then magic.
2: when you're and when, when when you're finished whatever it is you're still kind of in it so you're on like this mm-hmm. it is kind of like a high like a drug high
1: or whatever it is <laughs> it is and it's uh it's it's utterly addictive and it's i don't know it's it's i just pure transcendent joy for me um, like but i've always felt like
2: there's a a creepy side it feels like to me too in that when i'm especially with, I mean, I've experienced it a lot with osteum, possibly more so than any other thing I've ever done before, mm-hmm. because I'll have a loose outline. And then the characters will just come up with this new thing and lead me on this totally different tangent. And I'm like, where the heck is this coming mm-hmm. from? I'm not going to, I'm just going to let them do it. And it's like almost creepy because it's like, I didn't do this. They're doing it. And it's just coming. And again, with osteum, there's been tons of times where it's like, Oh no, there's going to be a tough scene or episode to write, but I just make myself do it. And then when I actually do it, it's like, it just pours out and comes so easy. And it's like, again, a little bit creepy of like, where is this coming from? I mean, I feel like this is obviously where the term, the muse, you know, idea came from probably too, of just being in this. Oh gosh area.
1: Yeah. Well, and not knowing, like that's even you know, it's it's something that it's the closest thing to magic I've ever seen.
2: Totally. Totally. Is, yeah, that's a good word for it too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. When you when you're in this flow and you're like, where are these ideas coming from? Because you're not consciously thinking them, yeah. right? And I think we're all a little bit afraid of our own unconscious, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. what are you going to pull out? Oh, gee, <laughs> what's this? You know, what are these characters doing? But oh, it's 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 magic. It's the place that I want to be.
2: <laughs> totally yeah like if you just be there all the, well like drugs <laughs> you can be there yeah, all the i want to be
1: there all the time like why would i want any? yeah which could maybe be problematic but <laughs> mm. i don't know it's just um carving out the time and the space for you to be able to get there fighting right. past the resistance mm-hmm. uh that keeps us away from it is also a challenge um, do you find that uh,
2: um with different projects you're able to get there easier hmm hmm
1: I have a real problem with overthinking. And mm-hmm. when I'm overthinking, it completely inhibits any sense of flow. It completely keeps me out of the zone because I'm not letting the subconscious take control. I'm mm. like driving this <laughs> this bus with like white knuckles, like, oh, you will go in this direction. You will but have it's, but it's
2: secretly a tester a Tesla and it has self-driving capabilities and you're out of control.
1: I'm not letting it go. I'm not, I'm not letting it get to flow. Mm. And and it's um, so when I'm working on a new project or when I'm working on something that I know won't have an immediate, uh, like criticism base, like mm. it's so much easier just to let myself go and enjoy the process. Whereas something like girl in space where people are waiting for season two, it's just like, Oh, I, I keep overthinking things and like, Oh, they're, they're going to want this character to do this. So I have to find a way to make this happen. And it just becomes, uh, there's just, oh, it's the it opposite up. of the <laughs> magic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's trying to like hammer these like nails <laughs> into a board and <laughs> they're not going in all the way now do you feel this is something that
2: as writer you would you learn to do or did mm. it kind of develop do you think you know people who can't you know may have issues doing it or you know have
1: you know have other ways mm. if they can do it or you know this is such a good question, and yeah. I think the answer the answer that I have for it is maybe not a universal thing. I mm-hmm. think that we we reach some of these things uh, in in different ways. But for me, I think that flow is my natural state, and everything mm-hmm. that I've learned has taken me away from it. Right so like cuz it's oh, putting more yeah.
2: structure and mm-hmm. and rules to it and mm-hmm. and yeah cuz again i really feel this only really happening happens when it's something that i i'm just free writing and letting mm-hmm. just happen yeah mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then john irving i i know he like you know starts with the ending of a book and then writes it as quick as possible and then spends 4 years editing the thing and that editing is all the thing for him so obviously it's different for other writers. Oh, absolutely. Whereas, whereas Stephen King is like, if you say outline, he like spits at you, you know, because it's just like, oh, no, I just want an idea in my head. And if it stays there, then it's a book and I'm just going to write it. You know? Yeah.
1: I tend to be more on that side of things. And yeah, but I've also noticed, like, if I do have some like beats planned out, um, mm-hmm that allows me to get into the moment of flow a little bit easier because I'm like, Oh, I'm writing this scene. Oh, and this is going to happen and my imagination trips merrily along and gets me into that. It's, place and it's probably one
2: of those things that you have to trust what's mm. happening. Not, not to want to be like, well, we're not following the, the outline here. This is changing something here. So I'm not going to do this, but to actually like, let it do its yeah. thing and go well, on. That's its hard weird way. I actually did that with my little fiction, fiction journaling I've been doing too, where it was <laughs> like, I had a thing in the, in an episode where it was like, it was going this way. And I was like, well, it has to go this way. So I won't do this little side thing, but I'll keep that and make it a little, you know, fiction journal side project thing of that, which was kind of fun just to be like, Oh, this is going to do this little Johnny, you know, trip this way that would never, is never actually going to happen because I was able to just do it in the journal. It was a lot more yeah. fun that way, you know?
1: Well, have you, have you noticed with the, with the fiction journaling, has that affected your ability to get in and out of that, that state of flow or the zone?
2: I don't think so, no. Um, I, I think just because it's mostly with Ostium, I've, it's mm. never been anything I've ever done. The novels I've worked on, short stories, whatever it is, this has been so different where it's literally just like I sit in the chair and just it's like they're telling me the story and I'm just writing it every time, mm. even though I think I know what it is. Just like, okay, it's going to be this. And if I don't know what it is, I'm worried about it, but I still just sit down and do it. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's going to happen now. Well, that makes total sense. Okay. Mm. <laughs> and even to the point where i have made plot mistakes along the way and haven't realized till later. And that's kind of a thing with podcasts is a little tricky where if the episode is done and whatever, then it's like, yeah. well, it's happened. Well, what I've instead what I do now is I just figure out well, I got to fix that later on because I happened for a reason. And the feedback I've gotten is, well, it made it feel more realistic that way mm. because people make mistakes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Characters make mistakes and not everything goes according to plan. And yeah. Yeah, I like that.
2: I think you should write a book called Magic and go into detail on all this. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, didn't, magic. isn't there a book called Magic or Making Magic?
1: There's Mantis? a Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. Mm. <laughs> if you've read that, uh, it's a, that's an interesting one on creativity.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that about wraps it up. So now I'm going to hit you with why don't you do a book recommendation? Because usually I end <gasps> the episodes with a book recommendation.
1: Oh, I have the perfect one. Yay. Um, I, I cannot stop talking about this book. And I know I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but The Fisherman by John Mm -hmm. Um Langdon. Oh, my Like It's crossed gosh. my path a few
2: times, but I need to just get it and make it happen.
1: I had never read him before. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of him before. I I don't even know how I found the fisherman. And, like, the cover is just, like, an ocean. And you're like, what is this? <laughs> Boca you know, 2.0. <laughs> I know, right? And, like, I want, like, fun cover. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm totally yeah. this awful reader who chooses books because they have pretty covers. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this looks boring. But, oh, my gosh, the writing is astounding. Oh. Cool. Mm-hmm. and he does a story within a story within a story and it feels natural and organic but it's not I confusing cannot, or overwhelming it's, it's just makes no sense. Yeah. you know exactly who is where and who's talking to who mm-hmm. and what time period you're in it spans hundreds of years and yet it's so intimately focused on the main character it's just it's just i i'm making all sorts of hand gestures <laughs> right now for those of you who cannot see me um <laughs> please, please read this book. It is, and it it is horror. So I will, I will preface Mm -hmm. this by saying it's not for everyone. It's horror. It's weird. Um, It gets into the cosmic horror thing that we were talking about a little bit earlier, but um, just really original and really, really cool. So awesome.
2: Um, I kind of have two one. I'm still, I'm just started reading really is the, um, the book of accidents by Chuck Wendig.
1: Oh, that's new, new isn't it that's like brand new. brand new
2: yeah yeah he's oh. even though he has that massive the wanderers that came out last year this he's already written another huge book <laughs> i guess the pandemic helped he him <laughs> i don't know but it's it starts out it's like a i don't know if it's a haunted house but it's just really weird dark horror and it's just i've mean, only just started really and weird stuff that's going on so that feels like it's just going to be a good fun and have reason i wanted to get it i mean i'd like him anyway but also Everyone was just raving about it on Twitter, mm. just how like this it changed their life. It's like psychological horror and stuff. I, think, I need too. it. <laughs> I need it immediately. I just need it. And then the other one I just finished is um, it's the first, I think, of a series or a trilogy, A Darker Shade of Magic by oh, yeah. V.E. Schwab, I think the author is. Yeah. yeah. And it's about these four Londons, there's four different kinds of Londons, and like two of them have magic. One doesn't have magic, and one you can't actually get to because it broke magic. And magic is like this living entity thing. And they talk about it's all about this balance between you have to be a part human, apart magic, and stuff like that. But it was and it was kind of like um, a little bit. Garth Nick's Old Kingdom mm-hmm. a little bit uh you know Neil gaiman and just it was a whole blend of different things um a little bit of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell and that bit feel in there too and it was just yeah I wasn't expecting too much but it was recommended and that's the first one I read as a series and it was enjoyable
1: hmm. I yeah. tried to get into that one and I didn't know what I was getting into and it didn't fit with my brain but now now this with this recommendation i I want to give it another yeah because
2: again the summary didn't uh do much for me but it was on this list of like um best sci-fi fantasy over the last 10 years or something like that list that came out recently that everyone's talking about and it was on there so i was like fine and because it's audiobook i kind of like i push myself further because i'm listening to it when i'm working yeah so that way it gets a little easier yeah (laughs) i give it i gave it a few hours and then i'm like no i'm done
1: (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) Alrighty. Well, I think that about wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for coming on here, Sarah. Um, You you want to plug where people can find you and your awesome stuff.
1: Gosh, you want to come find me? I'm over at sarahwerner.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-W-E-R-N-E-R.com um you can also listen to my audio drama girl in space uh season one is fully released at this point and i'm working on writing season two um i also if you're into writing podcasts i also have a writing podcast called the right now podcast like w-r-i-t-e with Um, over a
2: hundred episodes
1: i know isn't that crazy i can't even get over it (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Awesome <laughs> well thank you thank you at some point i'm like oh should i just like stop but no i'll no. keep going i'll keep going <laughs> right we still have stuff to say um but yeah thank and thank you for having me oh, um, on the to show today it yeah. has yeah. been a delight this,
2: this was a lot of fun it was fun like kind of deconstructing this from two writers talking about it this is exactly what i was going for oh, so no. uh thanks for being on here and all you listeners thank you and well i'll see you on the next writing blocks.